0: noxious intro just to let you know oh ladies and gentlemen welcome back to two drunk brothers and a podcast the podcast uh brought to you by me and travis tell.
1: Uh, so right,
0: I was just gonna say if you can't tell, um, a little bit of a different well, intro this our morning morning. Um, this evening because our editor's gone and we have free reign to do whatever we want. So anything We're gonna said, burn it down. Anything we say goes. Um, this is the uncut version of Two Drunk Brothers because we will not be editing jack shit on this episode. So if you hear pauses, uncut, bear with just us just like Ethan's penis. Exactly. And if you hear weird <laughs> sayings, phrases, words, or things that you might deem inappropriate, uh, please skip to the next part or rewind it and listen to it again. We don't really care.
1: It shouldn't be too too bad. Um, we just like to fuck with you guys a little bit. But Jared is gone for the first time since, I don't know, been a while since he's missed out on us. but A while. He is he is not here. He is in Disney with his wife and child. So um, that's what he's missing out on Championship Weekend with with us. That we're going to talk to you guys about. So coming up, episode two thirty one today. We're going to talk. Um, we're going to touch on some of the NBA stuff. I know we don't ever hardly talk about NBA, but it's been kind of a crazy last two days in the NBA. We'll get to that. We're also obviously going to do a little divisional round recap championship weekend uh stuff our best bets um and then just kind of everything revolving around the nfl we've got a lot of different shit so stay tuned it'll be a fun one um with that being said ethan nice to see that you're on your road back to recovery from the vid
0: yeah except it actually wasn't vid i actually tested was negative um but it was a rough few days exactly exactly that that lingers with you a little bit, so it's been lingering the last few days. But it uh, stays. <laughs> uh, but we're good now, having a beer, McUltra, a little lime infusion.
1: I've got also McUltra. Ah, with some pure gold, actually. We're we're company men. What can we say? <laughs> um, exactly. But either way. Ethan mentioned that he wanted to touch on some of the NBA stuff because he's a weirdo and you like to touch on NBA <laughs> stuff. Um, the Bucks relieved their head coach Adrian Griffin in his of his duties in his first season as a head coach with a 30 and 13 record second in the East third best in the NBA. Why?
0: That was that was my initial question too and it still is my question. I've heard some people talking and like if you want to make it make sense, you can make it make sense. But to me, I just, I don't get it. It's you have, like you said, second best record in the East, You're a championship bound team. Um, The dude's in his first season and is doing this. And I get, he's got a lot of talent on that roster. Um, I've heard a couple of things of people saying that this was Giannis is doing that. He wanted him gone or that, and he's the one who wanted him hired. So I, that could be a bunch of nonsense. That could be true. I don't know. And then I've also heard things about, Well, they've been really unsatisfied with the way the defense has been playing. But I'm like, that's
1: that was the big thing that I saw because their, their, uh, point different, their average point differential was like 10th best in the league. But still, it's not anything unheard of. It's still positive. Um, and the problem was they're like, oh, it's not, you know, up to par with a championship caliber team. Well, you go out and you hire Doc Rivers, is it the same day (laughs) or the next day?
0: Next day, technically.
1: The next day. Who hasn't won an NBA final since 2008, and I was his only one. So,
0: yeah. And I don't know. What the other thing for. that's just crazy to me is you're talking about the defense and how it's not up to your standard. Well, you traded away arguably your best defensive piece in Drew Holiday, and then you went and got Dame Lillard, who great player by his own regard, horrible defender. He's not a good perimeter defender. So you got rid of the thing that you want to have, and traded it for offense. Your team scores a lot of points. What did you expect was going to happen in this roster with the way that it's set up? It just doesn't make sense to me.
1: It's just, it's ridiculous. And outside of the NBA and basically every sport, a coach or manager is the one position that I do not want to have. They are not safe. No matter what teams are always looking for the next guy. Yes. I have been known to say like fire that guy, but it's of reasonable cause without that. If you don't get a whole lot of time or a whole lot of talent to do anything, not speaking on this situation everyone's calling for their heads and they're gone like the next day this guy luckily for him now he just gets to sit on his ass (laughs) the next handful of months getting made
0: but bank yeah and i so i heard today also a comparison that just doesn't make any sense to me about this situation so i wanted to bring it up especially because we're from st louis it was actually on espn radio so it wasn't like a st louis program or anything like that but somebody said that this is comparable to when the Blues fired Ken Hitchcock and hired Mike Yo because they wanted somebody who was like going to be a good fit for their system and their players, and then they fired Mike Yo halfway through the season and then went and brought somebody else in, and Craig Berube. And I'm like, while the the timeline of things adds up and is comparable, uh, we were last in the NHL when we fired Mike Yo. The Bucks are second. In the NBA, there's no comparison whatsoever, and I know the Blues went on to win a Stanley Cup that year, but you can't just assume now that like they bring in Doc Rivers and now they're going to go win the NBA Finals. Saying, they go on, they go
1: on to win the NBA Finals. Genius move. However, mm-hmm. not the problem. Don't right, think and I was going to say problem. We'll see what if happens.
0: they go on and win the NBA Finals, is that going to be the reason? I don't think so. I think it's because they got a damn good roster. I mean, it's going to. It's one of those things where you like you
1: can't you. You can't say it's not, but obviously it's not a huge underlying factor. Outside of that, uh, Tuesday, no, Monday night, we had two huge performances from big men. Joel Embiid dropped 70 points uh, in his game. And I want to talk about this. Yes, it is impressive, but he went one of two from three and shot 21 free throws. How many of those 70 points were scored outside of three feet?
0: Yeah. And then it's one of those things too at the end, of the, and this has happened a couple of times because there's been, I think it's like three 70 point games in the last 12 months. And there were only three 70 point games before that, since like 1970 or something like that. I don't know. I'm probably making those dates up, but um, a lot of those games are, just dudes at the end of the game, they're just feeding them the ball because they know they're close to history and they're up big or they're down big or whatever. And I'm not discrediting the fact that he still scored 70 points, but at the end of the game, you you could watch like the game cast feed. And it was just like Joel Embiid makes shot. Joel Embiid misses shot. Joel Embiid misses shot. Joel Embiid makes free throw one of one, one of two or two of two or whatever. And I'm just like, nobody else is shooting the ball because they're trying to get him to that. So it's, I don't know. I think it's a great accomplishment, but I also think like you said, it's, a lot of it was at the line a lot of it was two foot shots um a yeah, lot of it was that they down were just trying well, to force feed him so
1: it's i mean it takes obviously it's like i said not discredited it still takes talent but it's not Absolutely, like yeah. you're you are pulling up jumpers and making these shots like kobe's 81 or he right i think it was like seven threes and a lot of inside like deep inside shots And then also that same night, Carl Anthony Towns had 62 points in a loss where he was basically benched throughout the kind of the most important parts of the game, which honestly, it kind of makes sense because they were just feeding him the ball, feeding him the ball, and then they went down, and then he got
0: benched. Yeah, they took him out. What was crazy to me, though, is that because it's still question marks for me, and I get why they did. So at the end of the game, when they were up, like you said, they were force feeding him and he went two of 10 from the field in that time span. And then they put him on the bench, but then game gets super close. And then they go down and he sat on the bench for the last four minutes of the game. I'm like, he's still one of your better players at that point. At some point you got to bring him back in and let him give you a chance to win the game. So that's what threw me off. I get bringing him out. He was struggling. Also, it was, I guess you could say quote unquote unprofessional because they were just trying to stat pad for him.
1: I wonder, and kind of part of me, it's like, it's kind of stupid, but at the same time, it's like, taking you out. I want this fucking team to have to not rely on you for points and make them score for themselves and create scoring chances elsewhere to beat this team. Again, not necessarily the smartest, but you might have to do that in a situation or a playoff game where Carl Anthony Towns isn't scoring 60 points. Right. So. I don't know. Either way, it was it was weird, but a crazy couple of days in basketball, that's for sure.
0: Yeah, very uh, much. So.
1: Before we head into uh NFL talk, I wanted to get your thoughts on this, and I don't know if you saw it, but it's it deals with the MLB and the Cardinals today had to relinquish and give up their all red spring training uniforms. Did you see that?
0: No, I did not.
1: So the Cardinals are no longer using their red spring training uniforms because they're now getting a city connect and that additional city connect overseeded their Jersey limit. So they had to kick one out. So the MLB, they make a Jersey limit, but no salary cap.
0: Yeah, that's actually crazy. I did not hear that. I've never heard of that. Um, and I guess, like, if there's one jersey you've got to remove, if if there has to be a cap, <laughs> if there's one jersey you got to remove, the spring training reds, that's fine. Because I'm pretty sure, I'm pretty confident that the City Connect uniform is going to be an all red jersey. Um, I've seen some, like, leaks and, like, hints at what it's going to be. Which,
1: I mean, obviously, that makes sense if you're going to get yep. rid of one and you're right. gaining another, you'd get rid of one that's going to kind of but clash with just it.
0: Stupid, like you said. And the fact that right, there's a cap on jerseys but not a cap on the salary. Like that's that see, makes zero sense. I,
1: I could be wrong here, but I think it was like maybe five that they could have. So we got the the whites, the grays, the baby blues, the off whites, and then now we'll have the city connect. So we had to drop the other one. Nice. So silly to
0: me. Yep. So. Makes total sense.
1: <laughs> but yeah, you're you're gonna let teams pay people billions and billions of dollars, but you you're going to, hey, you can't wear six uniforms. You can only wear five. Yeah. Awesome. Uh, I didn't know you saw that, so there we go. I didn't know. <clears throat> All right. Let's talk about the divisional round that happened this past weekend. We'll go game by game, get, get thoughts and everything, because there's only four, and then we only have two to talk about after that. Uh, first game, Ravens 34, Texans 10. Uh, Gross game, start to finish for yeah. the Texans. I mean, You look at it as a W on the season because they were not supposed to be in this situation, but we all know you're in that spot. You have a tie game 10, 10 going into the second half and it's a letdown kind of sucks. And you look at it as, you know, you drop the ball.
0: Yep. Yeah. I was going to say, and there's two games that we're going to talk about, I think from this past weekend that kind of fit that bill. Mm -hmm. Um, But you have every opportunity you've made it this far, you know, you've got the talent. And like you said, just to go out and get blanked in the second half and, really just kind of not show up in the big moments. Again, I don't want to discredit CJ Stroud because like first time being in that situation, it is a really good defense, but at the same time, like you're there, it it just feels like, it feels like a letdown one for the team, obviously, but two, just for the game itself, because that second half was unwatchable. And so oh, was like, terrible. I went into that second half and I was like, I, I can't do this anymore. I had to turn it off. Um, So I don't know. It's yeah, I mean, I want to see them win. Yeah.
1: CJ Stroud had a great year. Definitely. Gonna win? uh Was it offensive rookie of the year? Yeah, or is it rookie of the year in the NFL? It's offensive, it's offensive rookie of the year. Yeah. yeah, so, but he was just not good in this game. He led the offense to just fifty-eight yards and zero points in the second half, and they had zero scores, like in the end zone, zero touchdowns, the entire yeah. game. I know the Ravens defense is good, but that is gross. Also, I want to point out: yes, D'Amico Ryan's. Had a phenomenal season. It was a good, like, took this team from nothing. What do you do in trotting Devin Singletary out there over and over and over again?
0: He's horrible. It will will never make sense. And I I always, or I shouldn't say I always say this. I feel like I say this a lot, and it may not always be true, but I feel like in this situation it is. Damian Pierce this year did not get put in good situations to be successful, and they kind of just ruined his track record. The dude was yeah. a stud in his rookie year last year. He comes out this year, and I feel like that the plays they drew up for him, um, just his ability to get it past the line was was not good, and then they just phased him out.
1: I don't know if it was like – I mean, he came into the season you know, off an injury, so obviously it might take a little bit of in-game reps to get going. But like you said, they never really gave him a shot. And this team – in general didn't even give themselves a shot 11 penalties for 70 yards on what it seemed like they had two false starts on every single fucking yep. drive. They had can't happen. A lot of them were in the in scoring opportunity in the plus side of the field. Uh, so that can't happen on the Ravens side. Not much to say about them. They uh, didn't miss a beat. It seems like the three weeks off helped them. Um, and the chiefs are going to have their hands full this week.
0: Yeah, and I and I know that he didn't do a whole lot this season, but adding Dalvin Cook just adds a whole fucking layer of <laughs> ability that that team didn't. Yeah. Well, I shouldn't say did not have, but now they have even more. Um, He'll
1: probably get like three, four carries a game, and yep. be irrelevant. But again, the, the the threat of him is always there. Yep. Uh, the next game, Packers twenty one, Chiefs or Forty Nine ers twenty four. <laughs> uh, another heartbreaker for a team that again wasn't supposed to be here look at it as a W on the season, but since this is Ethan's team, I'll kind of let him take this away. to let him give his thoughts and then we'll talk about it.
0: Yeah. I won't try to turn this into too much of an event session, but it's just, <laughs> they had every opportunity to win that game. They were leading that game. They had themselves set up for success for they were leading like what? Almost game. all the
1: game. Most yeah, of the game. Pretty much.
0: Pretty much. They had that recipe for success of the way that they approached both the offense and the defense. They contained McCaffrey for a good chunk of the game um Debo went out early which was huge um on the offensive side of the ball they had rhythm for the most part but they couldn't necessarily always finish the drive I think they settled for a field goal on the first drive um after they received the kick again back-to-back weeks they wanted to try to set that momentum this time it turned into a field goal but then Niners get the ball throw a pick right into Darnell Savage's hands that he dropped would have been a pick six that game if and I, I know we're talking about ifs here but if they don't kick that field goal and they end up getting into the end zone there, which they had the opportunity to do, and then they get that pick six on that next drive, they're up 14 and nothing five minutes in. And so it's it's thinking about situations like that where you have the opportunity and you kind of fall on your face. A young team, that's something that like you come to expect. But with the way that this game was unfolding, you didn't think you should expect it because it felt like that this team was going to take care of business. And then obviously second half... The missed field goal, the bad couple of throws by well, Jordan Love, the bad mistake at the end of the game to throw it across his body 40 yards down the field, just just kind of sealed the the disappointment the, of the way that
1: game the, turned out. The decision I didn't love early on when they were up three-nothing, had got the ball back to do a QB sneak on fourth and one, yep. a long fourth and one at that. Um <clears throat> from the 14. I know it's really I think if you're going for it in that long of a one to go either give it to Aaron Jones. I would have preferred to kick the field goal. Yep. I know hindsight's twenty twenty It would have ended up, you know, being the tying field goal of the game. But overall, I don't think Jordan Love had a necessarily great game, and they still almost won, so that's right. impressive for them. Uh, Aaron Jones, like we said, Aaron Jones in the an past, animal, yeah. he's an animal. I don't think he was fed enough in certain spots, but he nope. still did have 18 carries and had a really good game. The main piece I want to talk on is this. Anders Carlson, how he had a job heading into the playoffs is beyond me. He was 29th in the league in field goal percentage, 33rd in extra point percentage. And this stat, 7 of 13 this year from 40 plus. So you're yeah. telling me if you do not get inside of the 23-yard line, you have a 50-50 chance at scoring.
0: Yep. And then the other big thing to me is like, you heard them talk about like Matt LaFleur and uh, Gunna and kind of that front office and saying like, we wanted to put our trust into him. We know he's a rookie. Like we want to help him develop. But my, my counter argument to that, if you don't want to go the route of letting the guy go and releasing him, you have enough roster space to bring in a veteran guy who's probably sitting at home on his couch. And then if that moment gets to that point in the divisional round where he does not look good, you bring the other guy in off the bench. And you let him take care of business. And then Anders Carlson can develop next year. I don't give I don't want him developing in the divisional round with the game on the line. Like let somebody <clears> else take care of that.
1: If they if they keep him, it's just silly because it's like, okay, you want to develop the guy, sure. But he made no progression this year. Like I said, he was seven of thirteen from 40 plus in college. He was seventy-one percent on field goals, not horrible, but not great by any means. And then 55% from beyond 40 again. So he's known for not really being a long distance field goal kicker what are you doing especially at, in green bay when you're playing with yep. half of your games in the cold yeah um, doesn't it just doesn't really make sense to me so it sucks i think that the 49ers looked very beatable in that game however we'll talk about their matchup this week i think it right. greatly benefits them
0: yep so um and yeah we can talk about that when we get to the championship rounds but yeah i mean There's not really anything else I want to say on this game other than just the fact that the Packers had like six or seven missed opportunities. And that's ultimately what cost them a chance at the championship round. So, oh, for sure. For sure. The
1: next, the first game on Sunday was the Bucks 23, Lions 31. Um, I would like to give my flowers to Baker Mayfield. He had a hell of a comeback here. I would imagine the Bucks bring him back but if not i think he'll be a starter somewhere
0: i agree and i also think he should be comeback player of the year like no hesitation i know it probably won't happen they'll give it to somebody else who doesn't deserve it um if it if it goes to demar Hanlon, i have no faith in that award Um, (laughs) we saw what the comeback player of the year did in the game that we'll talk about next um but yeah no baker what a turnaround to to jump from Team to team last year, uh, and granted, when he went to the Rams, he looked pretty good at the end of last year when they had to throw him into the fire. But um, the fact that Carolina just disregarded him, um, he was kind of a journeyman. And now, I, I, I personally think he's found his home. I would be shocked if they don't re-sign him. But
1: um, it's it really he really fits the mold there, especially given the weapons they have. If they're able to retain and keep Mike Evans, like it is a very much passing offense, and he's really good at slinging the football, so he does really well there. What hurt them in this game uh, was their defense and their offensive line. It was 10-10 to also in the third quarter, and then the Lions rattle off back-to-back-to-back touchdowns. Um, That's an issue. You can't have that happen. And also the amount of times that Baker Mayfield, not only this game, but in the previous game, got sacked out of field goal territory is unbelievable. I mean, their offensive line is a liability for sure.
0: Yeah, that's something that I'm sure they'll – try to address in the offseason and I guarantee they will address in the draft because this draft we'll talk about that come April but it is very offensive line loaded this year so I have to imagine they'll try to address it but yeah that it did them no favors this weekend
1: no absolutely not and when we talked about in the previous game the 49ers were beatable I'm still not all that impressed with the Lions team again I don't I'm not trying to actively rooting against them I think it's a great story and you know good for the the people of Detroit and the fans of the Lions, but the back end of their defense is horrendous. They allowed 349 yards to Baker and then like 370 to Stafford, like over 700 yards to both quarterbacks so far. Um, That's not a good, a good uh, stat when you're going up against Brandon. I George Kittle, Christian McCaffrey and possibly Debo if he's healthy. Right.
0: And I was about to say the, the defense is not what's gotten them here at all. And we all know that the offense is what has carried them into the postseason and then deep into the postseason. And you've got, you know, CJ Gardner Johnson talking shit on social media when he literally got a ball that was tipped 20 feet into the air and then gifted an interception. Like he did anything on that drive. Um, And he's been cooked for the rest of the season. So you have, yes, you've played the Rams who good offense, but a little bit let down on the defensive side as well. It's kind of a shootout. You go into the bucks little bit of a letdown on the defensive side of the ball, a little bit of a shootout. The 49ers are not a letdown on the defensive side of the ball and no. they're I and I don't want to get ahead mm. of myself, but they're probably going to run into a brick wall this weekend. And I'm I'm rooting for the Lions I think just as much as some people just because I I don't want to see the Niners in the Super Bowl personally. I don't want to see a vanilla, you know, Niners Ravens matchup. Um but I have a hard time believing that they don't get it done this weekend. Um, yeah, yeah. So I was just gonna say, Go you know, moving on, we've got. Oh, oh! I was like, what game am I missing? We have the uh, Chiefs Bills game, which we'll, I'm sure, have a whole lot to talk about here in just a second. But um, Travis, <laughs> I don't know if you had any final thoughts on the Lions Bucks game.
1: Um, <clears throat> nothing about. I mean, it kind of it kind of goes into their this matchup, the previous matchup, and their next one. Uh, uh, this could be a hot take. Uh, they played Baker and Stafford, who were clicking all year long. I know Purdy has done well, but I think of the quarterbacks that they will see this postseason, Purdy is probably the the worst one. I'm not saying he's bad, but his weapons are good, but if sheer QB talent, he's the worst one.
0: Yeah, I and I saw something earlier that was like, I don't understand why Um I saw it on social media somewhere. It's like, I don't understand why Purdy's getting all this hate with the story that he has. I'm like, because people are making him out to be the next Tom Brady. And I'm like, with with what proof? Because I don't hate the guy, <clears throat> but I'm like, people are acting like he's the next coming of Jesus when he's got arguably the best weapons in the NFL. Like, I, I don't know if there's a team that's comparable.
1: We've seen him shit the bed hard through four picks against the Ravens. Uh, I think if you put him on any of the teams from this season that were below 500 or at 500, he's not the difference maker to turn their season around. He's so well with the 49ers because of how good their defense is, because of the weapons they have on offense. Their offensive line is phenomenal you put him on a team where he's going to get pressure a lot, probably isn't the same quarterback. Obviously a lot of people aren't, but I don't think he's the guy that's going to be making plays for you at all.
0: Yeah. And I was going to say like the Packers who, by the way, fired their defensive coordinator today because they had one of the worst, if not the worst defense in the NFL this year, statistically. Um, Brock Purdy only completed 23 passes out of 39 attempts on the Packers this past weekend. Um, for around 250 yards. And seven of those, seven of those 23 completions were dump offs to Christian McCaffrey. So uh, like, it's not like he's going out of his way to do anything special. Now, he did make some good throws this weekend. I'll give him that. I'm not saying, he, like, just like Travis said, not saying he's a bad quarterback. He's just not the best one that's remaining in the, in these playoffs. For sure.
1: All right. <clears throat> the last game of the weekend was the, um, it was a good game, but it wasn't like, you know, knock your socks off entertaining. There were some definitely some dry spells, but the Chiefs took it home 27, Bills 24. Um, kickers, another instance where we saw a kicker kind of let him down. Not saying Tyler Bass, if he made that field goal, they would have won the game. I think, regardless of Mahomes, and then there was too much time on the clock, yeah. he would have drove down for game winning field goal, anyways. But still, you, you got to make that kick. I mean, the dude didn't even. It's like he fucking showed up the golf course, didn't hit a range bucket, and just sliced the ball <laughs> off the fucking first tee. Yep. Literally, yeah. I've never seen a ball go farther right so fast in my life.
0: And you know what, like, hurt my soul is that it was the same thing with the Andres Carlson shit. Is when he was going out to kick that ball, I was like, he's going to miss this. It's oh, not going. Yeah. There's no way. Like, you just, you have that gut feeling and sure shit. And like you said, it wasn't even close. There was no question.
1: I think it looked good. It looked good. And then just, <laughs> just snap, just snap hooked right. And I'm like, oh
0: the, my the gosh. Funny thing is like, I don't know if you saw those clips of there were a couple Bills fans in the stands that thought it would end. So the dude was in the stands uh-huh. and he was cheering like he made it. And then somebody behind him goes, He missed. He goes, What? <laughs> I like, oh, yeah. it was
1: fucking it was better, Derek. I don't know if he was being serious or not. That kid's a clown.
0: Nice. Yeah, I had no idea who that was. So I was just like, I just thought it was some random-ass dude that I saw on TikTok.
1: No, I saw that same one, too. That kid's an idiot. But either way, um, the Bills, though, I mean, they didn't really do anything themselves to separate the game from the Chiefs. I think outside of the runs, I was Josh Allen was very not impressive, uh, which begs the question, will Josh Allen ever take this Bills team or a team to a Super Bowl?
0: Yeah, that's a. I mean, that's a good question. The dude is undeniably talented. Um, we all know that. But something in Buffalo, I feel like, has to change, and I don't know if it's Sean McDermott. I don't know if it's personnel that they have um, on either side of the coaching staff, or if it's Josh Allen himself. I'm not saying that he doesn't belong to have a starting job. Obviously, I'm just saying that it feels like that window is closing. His cap hit next year is more than twice what it is this year. So you're going to have to find talent on other pieces that you have on that offense or defense that you could have afforded this year. And now you can't afford next year. Um, Diggs is a shell of himself. <clears throat> the Last 10. weeks, I was going to say, season. well, I think
1: it'll, I think it'll help because I think you almost have like, I don't know what his contract is. I don't have it pulled up in front of me, but you got to offload whatever he's got. Yeah. Cause they, I don't know what just not. Yep. They are literally fighting every after every single drive that if you're L.S. Yep. Stephon Diggs catches a touchdown or a huge ball, he's pissed off. But again, you look at it, he gets the opportunity to catch a huge ball, drops it.
0: <laughs> yeah. So. Yeah, and that could have been the difference in the game. He catches that ball, he's in the end zone. So, um I don't know. And obviously they were missing a bunch of big pieces on the defensive side of the ball. I get that. Their defense hasn't been great. But if they don't address that, and if they can't address that because of Josh Allen's cap hit, then you're running into more problems too. So.
1: Yeah, it's I it just and just the decisions from him down the stretch. He had they had second and nine uh in field goal territory with two minutes left. And instead of trying to chunk it for a first down, he takes two shots at the end zone. Not necessarily the smartest thing you could do at all. I know the Chiefs defense has been solid, but there was definitely a path to victory there. I'm pretty sure I know am I don't know if it was a second down or if it was, the it was, third second down, was a second and nine
0: when Diggs was wide there was open a guy. Underneath.
1: There's two guys open underneath. I think Kincaid was open underneath too. And I'm like, what are you looking to the end yeah. zone for? Yeah. Not, a, I, not an idea.
0: Yeah, I was gonna say I know we're not in his helmet, obviously. We're not he might have been I had no idea, but again, part of being a quarterback is having that visual awareness. But Diggs was wide open on a flat on the left side of the field, second and nine. He may not get the first down, but he gets minimum six, seven yards there. And then you're set up for a either a closer field goal. Or a very much easier third down attempt where you don't have to chuck it to the end zone. So, yeah, it was questionable decision making, similar to like we talked about with the Packers game. But,
1: yeah. And then you want to, if you go back to the fourth down play call when they went for it and they first of all, if you're going to go for a fourth down, I don't think I'm doing a fake punt with DeMar Hamlin. Probably
0: not. Yeah. I don't think that's what I would do either. I don't, I don't know, know if that they were was. like,
1: "Hey, yeah. we're gonna—he's gonna be hero here. Everyone's gonna, you know, switch their like change up on what they think of him." But and a matter of fact, it just made it worse. Granted, it didn't end up costing them because they got the right. ball back anyway on the fumble in the end zone, which again kind of fires up more talk is the fumble rule into the end zone. I have always and always will be, and you cannot change my mind otherwise. Fumbling into the end zone should be a touchback for the other team.
0: So. I, I had a, a thought about this because I thought about something the other day that I think could be like a good compromise um, because, well, I agree. Like if you're fumbling the ball into the end zone, like some there's got to be some sort of stipulation there. You can't just get the ball back wherever. But I was thinking about it because something happened in the Packers game as well that I was like, that's weird, but I get it. It was when Tucker Craft, there was a fumble and he tried to bat it out of bounds, but he batted it forward. So the Packers kept the ball, but they got a 10-yard penalty. I was like, "What if the rule changed to where if they if an offensive player fumbles, fumbles the ball into the end zone, they get the ball back, but it's a loss of down and they get it at the twenty-five? Like you just you you have to go back to the twenty-five yard line. It might be third and goal. Guess what? what now if, it's third and goal from the what 25. if
1: it's what if it's a fifty-yard pass down the field?
0: Maybe it's just first a, and goal from the twenty-five. Well, well, no, I was just gonna say maybe it's just a distance penalty. Then maybe it's like." it's a loss of down and it's a 15 yard penalty. I don't know. I'm just trying to think of like solutions. I get it. It's a tough conversation, but I was just trying to think of a way, like if it's a 10 yard penalty anywhere else on the field, if somebody tries to hit it forward, what if you did something similar to that in the end zone, but you just make it a little more egregious. So it's not like, Oh, we fumbled the ball at the one and it went into the end zone. So we get a 10 yard penalty and we're at the 11, but still second and 11 where it's like you get 20 yards back. I don't know. It's again, tough conversation. There is no, right answer Um, currently than what's already in place. So for the people who are saying you got to get rid of it, if you're like me, come up with a solution. And again, we just, me and you just sat here and talked and we kind of found some flaws in that solution. So like, and
1: I know, I know this doesn't make any sense whatsoever, but it's just a thought is like you the defense again, it's not, it's not your end zone or it's not their end zone, but it's yours. You get safety, you get two points, but instead of getting the ball back the offense gets. I don't know because I feel like you have to reward the defense there for something,
0: right? I, you I can't agree. just
1: Absolutely. you can't just give them the ball at the two yard line or the one yard line or wherever they fumble it. Uh, that doesn't make any sense f- to punish the offensive player for fumbling it into the end zone. Hang on a yep. football. I don't know. Here
0: you go. I, Here's perfect solution. <laughs> you you get the ball back, but you get it at your own twenty-five, and you only get four downs to get to the end zone. <laughs> yeah there you go backyard you go.
1: backyard football
0: uh no first downs
1: <laughs> i just it's just a it's something that we see all the time and no one ever bitches about it until it happens in an important moment to their team yep. if you know if it's yep. against your team you're like yeah cool it's the greatest rule in the world i don't know if i've ever been in a position where my, it's happened against a team that i was rooting for a team that i bet on but i have never seen it happen where i've been like that's a bullshit rule. The offense needs to keep the ball. Right. Ever. Yeah.
0: I don't know, I, mainly because it
1: happens to the Chiefs or
0: what. <laughs> well, I was going to say, I, I'm full admit on Sunday, I was standing up fucking cheering. I was like, hell yeah. Like, oh Bill's yeah. The ball I, back. Pumped.
1: <laughs> I was pumped. Um,
0: but yeah, you gotta, you gotta
1: rule that in favor of the defense in some way or give them some sort of benefit. um, Especially when you have a game and we'll talk about this a little bit later too, where the refs, favor patrick Mahomes and the chiefs we just <laughs> gotta talk about it man it's it's just it's crazy the amount of times where the rest will get in the huddle and then call flag later or throw the latest flag ever um uh, one of them was whenever i don't know was it was at the it was it was later in the game Patrick homes threw the ball and there was a legal contact but he had not thrown the ball yet. It was oh, yeah. Supposed to yeah. Be after the ball came out of his hands, yep. and they talked about it for like over 60 seconds. They could have seen the replay, and then they still threw the flag. It it yep. was. And I'm like, everyone's and saying that ball it was. was
0: still, it, and it wasn't even like a debatable, like it was on his fingertips or it was, you know, just out of his hand. Like, no, he still had a full grasp on hand. that ball. Yeah. Yeah. Like, he was, I mean, he was
1: coming forward with it, but it was not out of his hands. And I definitely think that those are certain circumstances where, a handful, maybe less teams get that call after discussion with it from the refs. Chiefs just so happen to be one of them.
0: Yeah. Uh, the only other thing that I'll say about like the whole Patrick Mahomes refs thing situation lately is just when you're on social media and anytime you see a penalty get called on another or not get called on another team in a situation and you go on social media and everybody's saying like, that would have been a flag if it was Patrick Mahomes, or that would have been a penalty called if Patrick Mahomes was in the game. Like that's when, you know, it's bad is when a collective group of people are like, we've recognized it enough to know that Patrick Mahomes are getting these calls. And somebody like a, a, even a Brock Purdy, who's like the Lord and savior of the 49ers is not getting those calls. It's egregious.
1: Yeah. I mean, it happens. So I, I find myself saying a lot, anytime a quarterback takes a questionable hit, like Questionable at all, um, they they don't throw it. But if there were ever an instance where Patrick Mahomes were to take a hit like that, it would be no problem at all. Um, they're throwing the flag a hundred times out of a hundred, always.
0: Yeah, yeah, so, every
1: single. Time. Uh, but with that being said, that leads to keep that same topic up into championship weekend. Of Chiefs Ravens, the spread is three and a half, the total is 44 and a half. Sunday at two. Have you seen the whirlwind of discussions around the officiating crew for this the game? ref?
0: Yeah, that he heavily favors road teams.
1: <laughs> Sean Smith has been announced as the head referee. Under him, home teams have only won 40 percent of games in the last three years, when the league average in that time is 55 percent, spreads the home teams have covered in just 49 percent of the games um but in his games only 37 percent which is a little a little fishy he also mm-hmm. ranks number one of road team winning percentages of all referees since 2018
0: yeah i I did see that today kind of a wild stat kind of like the whole like what is it who is it scott foster with chris paul and he never wins when chris paul yeah. is, is playing like very similar. And
1: it really comes under scrutiny because the NFL there's like the second that other option for that game was Cleet Blakeman who as a head ref had the third highest home winning percentages in the last 3 years but instead they choose the number 1 referee for away teams. A little fishy, I know. You can call penalties here and there, but when it's that much of a discrepancy, it's kind of wild. That that's who the person that gets chosen when the Chiefs and everything surrounding them this year are going into Baltimore to play this game. With that being said, Ravens minus three and a half, total 44 and a half. I want to get your thoughts.
0: Yeah, I heard all of the talk about the referee stuff. Um and it still really didn't sway me. I have a few picks in this game. Um so the spread necessarily is not one that we necessarily have to go with, but when I first looked at it, and then the more diving I did, I still really like the Ravens minus three and a half here. Um, the Chiefs, the first two games, they found ways to get it done. We saw that they they seem to always find a way to get it done against the Bills. I think the Ravens are a different team than the Bills, in being that they are a much better defensive team. Um, their offense is clicking, obviously, as well, but their defense is what I think is going to drive the difference in this game um so i am leaning ravens minus three and a half but again i've got some prop plays in this game that i like a whole lot more um so if we don't end up agreeing on the spread side then we don't necessarily have to go with it but ravens minus three and a half is just my initial lean. i i agree
1: with it because the ravens minus three and a half was my like Mylene. Um, we've seen the Chiefs defense also be pretty damn good, but right. they allowed 24 points to the Bills who, net, who in my opinion, didn't look fantastic. And then you go before that, the teams that they played before that, they put, they shut down a very much regressing Miami team who couldn't really figure out their identity over the last few weeks. Before that, they finished the season with one of the easiest schedules possible. Since their loss to the Bills in Week 14, they played Mac Jones. Aiden O'Connell, Jake Browning, and Easton Stick. Yeah. Not the best quarterbacks <laughs> ever.
0: All, all, well, I guess besides Mac Jones, I was going to say all backup quarterbacks, technically, in some way, shape, or form.
1: Yeah, for sure. And I know, like, I know we're talking about two good defenses, but the under here is at 44 and a half is a weird number for me because mm-hmm. just because of the capability that each offense has. With that being said, I think that the Ravens defense is a lot more consistent than the chief's defense and the offenses can, I mean, they can put up 40 on their own at any given moment. My one, I have two props here. Same. My first prop is Lamar Jackson over 64 and a half rushing yards. Uh, We Jared talked about it last week. That's why we ended up taking Josh Allen. The chief's defense has been susceptible to letting up a lot of quarterback rush yards. We kind of saw the trend continue. Josh Allen had 72. Lamar last week had 100 yards on just 11 carries. Um, I see Baltimore having a tougher time moving the ball through the year just because of what how locked down the Chiefs secondary has been. Um, and then on standard run designs, are not necessarily amazing. So I see him mixing in some read options. Lamar Jackson, all it takes is you know, two pop-off runs, and he's going to hit a majority of the yards here.
0: Yep. Um, I actually, that was gonna initially be my first prop bet. I steered away with it and this is going to sound like a contradicting pick, but I don't think it is. Um, my initial thought was his over on rushing, but I actually took his under on attempts. It's 10 and a half. He's only hit 11 twice all season. Um, I'm like, and he's hit this, this yardage total, um, more than that. And I think that, like you said, he can get a chunk of that on just a couple carries. So if he gets eight carries for, you know, 75 yards, both hit now i like like the more you talk about it and the scheme and what the chiefs have given up i like the yardage total probably a little more than the attempts total but 11 just seemed very high for a guy who's only done it a couple times all year
1: this will this sways heavily because if we like the Ravens in this game do kneel downs count as rush attempts i think they do Mm.
0: I guess maybe they do. Yeah, that is true. I said count
1: against that. rushing yards, so they have to count right. attempts. So, yep. if, yeah, if, if he kneels it out, that's three right and they, there. Three times. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then maybe before the half,
0: you're looking at yep. like. And, and you four. know, if, it, if the attempts don't get up to 11, but the yards still hit, I won't be upset about it. So, like, because I, I saw we, it and I thought and, the
1: yards. Yeah, I saw it and I was like, oh, maybe the over and I saw how high it was. I was like, oh, no, definitely not. And then yep. you like the under, but I'm like, uh, kneel downs again, both of them very well. He could have 10 for 80. Who knows? Right. Uh, yeah. my next one is another rushing prop. and It is the same amount of yards. Isaiah Pacheco over 64 and a half. Also yeah. rushing yards, not taking the attempts. Like I did last week. Cause I was way too sweaty. Uh, <laughs> I think that the yards is a lot more safer here. Baltimore has the 13th ranked run defense pass defense is uh i want to say three
0: yeah i mean they're they have one of the best secondaries yeah in the league
1: so yeah fifth so if this game stays close i think they're going to need to lean on the run i don't see it being a blowout uh, with how well the ravens have defended the past the season on the contrary they haven't defended the run all that well every single team inside the top 20 in rushing yards has had their rusher go over this total except for the Pittsburgh Steelers because they used that dual-headed running back against them. But outside of that, I think it was like nine or ten teams that they've played in, inside the top 20, their rusher has hit this.
0: Sounds like a great plan to me because my prop was a ride it to die, which was over attempts. Um, and so if we like his rushing total better, <laughs> you had a lot more analysis than I did. I literally, when I looked at it and saw it was still 14 and a half, I was like, I'm going to ride this into the ground because he's hit it in like four straight weeks or whatever. But um, like you said, they're going to probably rely a little bit more on the run in this game because the Ravens pass is so good. Um, Pacheco literally runs the ball like a fucking bull. So I could see him popping off for a few 10, 15 yard runs and, and take care of business in nine or 10 attempts. I mean, it's literally,
1: he tries to break the fucking ground with his feet. (laughs) I, I don't understand. Like, run a little bit lighter and you might be able to pick up a little bit more speed, but Hey, you <laughs> do you it's worked out for him pretty well this year. Um, so there we go. We yeah. had quite literally, you had yeah. both attempts. Very similar, both yards. <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> similar, similar prop ideas. So I like that. We'll see if it rolls into the All next right. game.
1: <laughs> next game. We've got the lions at the Niners. Uh, Niners are seven point favorites. Total is 50 and a half. This is Sunday at five 30. Um, uh, we I preluded, I preluded, um, <laughs> preface this by saying I would like to see the Lions in the Super Bowl, but I think their run stops here, um, their secondary is just so vulnerable. We talked about the weapons that San Francisco has. I don't know how many stops that they're going to be able to get against this 49ers team before it gets out of hand. If it does, uh, my lean would be 49ers minus seven. I bet yeah. with my heart, in almost every single game this postseason, and on. When I'm betting against the spread, it has not worked out for me.
0: So, I uh, I, that was something that I leaned to, but I did like the um over under total in this game a little bit better because I think that if we believe that the Niners are going to pull away in this game and win by a touchdown, that this over is not hitting. Um, it's 50 and a half. Yes, these two offenses are pretty dynamic, and yes, the Lions defense is pretty susceptible. The 49ers defense is not, and we saw last week a Packers team who has a pretty good statistically offense and a susceptible defense, very similar to the Lions, and only 45 points were scored total in this game. Now, granted, like we talked about earlier, there could have been much more scoring if the Packers had capitalized on several opportunities, Um, but under 50 and a half just seems like something that should hit. It's a championship game. If it's a close game i still think it could be low scoring but if the niners pull away with this i think it'll absolutely be low scoring because it might end up being like a 31 to 13 type of game or something like that yeah it seemed
1: high for as good as the 49ers defense is and again i know the lions offense is also very high scoring but i can't see it hitting unless it's one of those games where the 49ers put up you know 35 40 points my i have 3 props in this game two of them more than the other uh two for one team one for the, for the other my first one is one that i really 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 love and it it's christian mccaffrey under 20 and a half carries this might be an absolute hammer for me the detroit lions have the second ranked run defense not saying that he's not going to have success on the ground but with as bad as their path defense has been, I see San Francisco being a little more pass heavy than usual. Not only that, but Christian McCaffrey has only attempted 21 plus in two games this season, which were two of the first three. Other than that, he's been under 20 in seven straight games.
0: That plays into my first prop pretty well. Um, I have McCaffrey over four and a half receptions, he's had seven in both playoff games so far. Um, he's had like 13 targets over the last like three or four games or two of the last like three or four games or something like that and he's averaging like five or six a game so four and a half seem pretty low to me and if he's not gonna run the ball as much just like last week with Brock Purdy dumping him off he had seven catches last week he had seven catches week 17 or 16 or whatever the last time he was on the field um so I like that if he's not gonna carry the ball as much I think he's gonna get a lot more passes out of the backfield great because
1: both of or everything we've talked about so far, kind of plays into my next hand which is george kittle over 59 and a half receiving yards um like i said thought the 49ers would be a little more pass heavy debo's health status is up in the air i do think that he probably ends up playing even though he didn't practice today 59 and a half is a good number and one that george kittle has hit in 10 games this season
0: yeah and what he does so well and i mean a lot of it's on just the scheme and the route and everything like that but he gets him on like three or four catches. He he always seems to have big yardage totals, and have, all it takes is two big down-the-field passes or him getting a pass, and then he breaks 17 tackles on his way to a 40-yard gain. It's crazy.
1: I was going to say, he'll have like a 30- or 40-yard gain for sure in there mixed in, especially, again, against this bad pass defense that the Lions have. Um, probably could put Brian Branch on him, but it's George Kittle. He's going to get open.
0: Yeah, it's going to be a uh I think a pretty big offensive explosion for that team. Um my next prop, it's my last one, um I only had two. It's one that I'm not super confident in and a lot of it is because of what we talked about with the Niners defense. But I it was really hard for me to pass up Jared Goff over 258 and a half passing yards. The dude has hit it in 5 of his last 6 games and the only game he didn't hit it in, he missed it by a yard. Um this is a game that they are going to have to pass to keep up, I believe. Um, with the 49ers offense and so he's going to be passing the ball a lot I feel like it's going to be some dump offs to Jameer Gibbs it might be some short routes to Monra, but those things are going to add up um, I wouldn't be surprised if we see 50 attempts out of Jared Goff in this game and I think that he'll hit this total regardless of what the outcome is
1: <clears throat> I don't hate it because it semi plays into also my next pick um, uh, this is one that I don't think we've thrown one of these out all year long, so what better time to do it than now in the second to last game of the year? It is Monroe St. Brown's longest reception over like 23 and a half. I like it. That is I saw it. that earlier, too. Um, he had a catch longer than this, uh, in 11 games this year. The 49ers are prone to giving up some chunk plays, uh, they have given up at least one pass play. Of more than 24 yards in every single game but two this year. Assuming it will be a shootout, Jared Goff's over. They're going to be coming, likely playing from behind, unless it's a blowout again. This is just all speculation on how we think the game's going to play out. I think they're going to need to push the ball down the field quickly. All it takes is one over 23 and a half.
0: Yeah. And I think who is it? Um, Javarius Ward. He's been a little susceptible on defense this year. We saw it last week as well. Um, just. Taking some bad angles at the ball or um, missing on a on a cut where you know it's something that maybe another cornerback or Javarius Ward is a very good cornerback, but maybe in his past days might have um, read it a little better. But I think he's been a little prone to giving up some of those bigger plays, like you said, and it kind of feeds into the Niners as a whole giving up some bigger chunk plays. Um, so I could definitely see that with with the Monroe getting open on a on a deep cross or something like that. What helps is that he doesn't even really need to be a
1: deep ball. He could catch a 12 or 13 yard pass because he loves those underneath routes that he just takes for an extra 10 or so, uh, which could easily happen. So I like that. That is my last prop of the week. And you don't have any more either?
0: I do not. That is it. And
1: that's it. We kept it short and simple. One less person talking this week, ran <laughs> through it a lot. I mean, probably half the amount, not half the amount of games, but less games to talk about. Um, yeah,
0: that's it. I I have a very dumb question to ask that I thought about earlier today, and I thought it'd be fun to ask. Um, you've been to Disney, correct, Travis? Yes. I thought so. And in your adult life, you've been to Disney, correct? Two years ago. Okay. I've never been to Disney. Um, and for those of you who are listening, that is where Jarrett currently is, as he is in Orlando um, doing fun things with his family. I don't know why this came to my mind the other day, or not the other day, earlier today. And so I wanted to ask you, Travis, if Jarrett was alone in Orlando for an entire day and he had to go to Disney, what are four things that he would do by himself? <laughs> I don't know why this question came to my mind. If you have no answer, that's fine. I was just like, if Jarrett was by himself, like what would he do for an entire day in Disney world? I just want to know.
1: <laughs> uh, well, one of the most popular things at Epcot and drink around the world. So that would be the one would that be fun
0: by yourself. I guess, I guess that would be the most enjoyable thing by yourself. But Yeah.
1: I mean, it, it, I don't see, <laughs> see why not. I feel like, yeah, it'd be kind of fun. Um,
0: damn by yourself i know know. because i've never been to disney so i was like i can't even like talk about this because i have no idea what's even i mean i know obviously some things that are down there but i've never been so i don't even know what you would do that is fun but dude that's that's a tough one because
1: i mean it's kind of what i mean it's more of like the experience type thing but other than that, it's more of just like yeah. a rate, like an amusement park. So it's like going I guess, to a, you know, a Six Flags
0: by yourself. I guess, better question is, and he can probably answer this next week when he's back is like, what do you do with a young kid when you're at Disney? Um, cause I know you're kind of limited on the things you can do. I know, again, it's probably the experience, it's seeing the sights, it's running into Mickey Mouse and Donald Duck and the other fucking characters, but I haven't really seen what he's posted on social. I know he's posted some Snapchats and things about like, the other day he posted the fucking coffee that he woke up with and I was like that's not what I was expecting to see from you from Disney but I'm um, just always wondering
1: they, they have drank a good amount even with having a kid Obviously, they don't have to drive anywhere they take the right. shuttle yeah. and their train and whatever the hell it takes you to park to park um, outside of that they have been like riding rides by themselves so you can hop in like the fast lane if you're riding solo which is mm-hmm. usually like a third to a quarter of the weight you just go up you hop in a lane by yourself and you'll hop in a cart or you know a ride with other people that there's just an open spot
0: okay and so like one so of him one and carly like, this kid. yeah
1: one of them will wait they'll come out the other one will wait they'll go in they'll ride it so they've been doing that outside of that i can't really seeing it see it being too fun by yourself so i cannot name four things <laughs> that's okay was like
0: I, I literally don't know why that came to mind. I was literally sitting at work earlier today and I was like, Jared, because you were, well, you were saying, talking about like what we were going to do for the agenda for the pod. And I was like, oh yeah, I f- fucking forgot. Jared's not going to be there. And I was like, I got to thinking, I was like, what is he doing? Like, what do you do at Disney? I guess like when you have a young kid and I got to thinking about that. And I was like, what would he do if he was by himself? I was like, I'm going to ask Travis that question. Cause I'm just <laughs> curious. I don't know why, well, but
1: it also depends what park you're at because the dumbest thing in the entire world, Disney's Magical Kingdom, where the big castle is. Yep. The one in Orlando is like this. I would imagine the one in California is too. There's no alcohol in the whole park. Really? Mm-hmm. I guess it's, it's more of like you, a... Think-
0: you learn it towards kids, yeah. It's like but, a
1: magical place, but if you ask me, alcohol is pretty fucking magical. So. Say,
0: there's really not anything more magical <laughs> than having a, a nice
1: cocktail or a beer while you're walking around. But yeah, because we didn't know that, and we were there on New Year's Eve two years ago and could not find alcohol. <laughs> so, that's fun. So, uh, anyone who's ever looking to go, if you've never been, you didn't know that. Now you now do, you know. so you could, you could for sure, sneak okay. some shooters and plan ahead. <laughs> plan ahead for sure.
0: And if you're going on <laughs> you know a holiday or New Year's or whatever, maybe don't go to that one on New Year's Eve. <laughs> now you've got that, that heads up from us. There you go. Yeah.
1: We left before midnight. We were able to have a couple drinks, but still. Um uh, there's that. There's episode 231. Hope you guys enjoyed. Tell your props. Oh, forgot to tell you, we ended up last week um uh, up on the podcast up 2.92 units up 5.38 on the year we are down 0. 0.04 units between college and NFL all year so if you've been tailing our picks you're basically broke even so i think it's paid for it i haven't broke even but it's basically paid for itself <laughs> to uh to tailor our picks and have some fun watching football so but we're gonna break that this this week we're gonna be up on the year we're gonna end up up on the year calling
0: yep And there you have it. Uh, Two drunk brothers, one take uncut with just two of us. Peace.